It's time for Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Lincoln Stars broadcaster Joel Norman on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hey, welcome into another edition of Outside the Box here on 93.7 The Ticket. Our show is always being brought to you by Raising Canes. I'm Joel Norman, and we're chatting Lincoln Stars hockey once again after a great weekend. Lincoln swept the home-and-home home set against the Omaha Lancers and finished this, finishes the season against them 9-1. and one. We're joined by Stars assistant coach Mike Zanella here tonight. Mike, how are we doing ahead of this one? Pretty good weekend for the Stars this past weekend. Yeah, yeah, good weekend for the for the Stars. We had a lot of fun on the ice, 80-degree uh, weather here too, so no complaints, that's for sure. Something about playing meaningful hockey when the temperatures rise, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, going to the rink in your sandals once in a while is pretty nice too, so no complaints. Nice change of pace. Putting away those winter jackets, maybe not for too long though. We were just talking about this off air. It's going to be in the 40s in Fargo this weekend. I, I was saying to a couple people in our front office, I'm a little worried the guys are going to get on the bus, kind of like this, shorts and flip-flops, and then they're going to be regretting not having that winter coat with them once we get to Fargo. Yeah, seriously. Last time we were there, it was in the negatives, right? It was, it was freezing cold, so Yeah, it's a little bit better than that at least. Way back in mid-February. It feels like a long time ago, but but here we are, just four games remaining in the regular season. And, boy, if you got a chance to catch it this past Saturday, you saw how fun that game was. The Stars rallying back from a two-goal deficit entering the third period on Saturday to defeat the Omaha Lancers by 5-3 to three score after also defeating them the night before in another back-and-forth game. We played a lot of fun ones with Omaha this season, especially lately, Mike. And it was a... The Stars won the series 9-1, to but boy, was this a competitive series. And for you and me getting introduced to this rivalry, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I felt like it really lived up to all the hype and excitement. Yeah, no, absolutely. And this <clears throat> this weekend was a great cap-off to, to a great series for sure. Um, it's funny, you know, even when we were in Omaha, we score a goal, you'd hear a lot of Stars chants going. So, uh, But no, their fan base is, is rowdy right down the street, and, you know, they were down here at our rink too, so... Um, very intense, very intense, high emotional games this weekend. I think for both teams, um, you know, they were they were clawing for some playoff points, and we're trying to climb the standings. And uh, there was a lot of pride on the line outside of everything. It was it came down to pride, and you could tell Omaha they were going out with a bang. Last couple of times they got to play us, and. Uh, didn't disappoint, that's for sure. Whoever came to the game got their money's worth, that's for sure. Both games, too. Very yeah. easy to say that both games just had a lot of excitement with them. If you've got any quote questions for Mike Zanella or myself, give us a call on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685. You can text us at that same number on the Sarder Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. Yep, and you actually got one right now uh, from Chase B. He actually must have ran into you this weekend. He yes, says, I did. Nice meeting you last Friday in Omaha, Joel. My question is, are you guys preparing different and are you guys preparing any differently to get a win this weekend um, in the barn? In their barn, excuse in me. In their barn at Fargo. Yeah, Mike, that's a good question because it's been an interesting series with Fargo this season. Right now it's evened up three games to the apiece, three wins for the Stars, three for the Force. Last time up there was tough. Those were a couple of those, those playoff-style games we felt, as of late, feels like the last month the playoffs have already been going on with how many tight games there are. But that's a tough place to play at. But Fargo's on a little bit of a slide entering this weekend too. Yeah, I definitely think um, our eyes are, are all set on Fargo. I think even as soon as the game ended in, in Omaha, I think guys were already licking their chops a little bit. And, um, you know, I feel like we held them. Honestly, we went up there. We, we played two very good games when we were there, and uh, we didn't really necessarily love the outcome. Um, coming out of there with no points was definitely hurt. Uh, the game felt a lot closer than that. And, um, you know, I thought 
the guys deserved deserved a better fate, but that's just the way the hockey gods work. Sometimes is it's not always in your favor, and and hopefully sets us up for for a great weekend this weekend. It was a part of that tough February where it felt like it was just game after game where there was so much going right, but a couple minutes just cost the stars the game. The ship has righted itself since then. You guys stuck with that. You've tied up the loose ends, and it's been really good hockey the last month plus ever since then. What adjustments do you think have been made since that month of February? Because March was great, 8-1, 0-1, really good start to this month of April as well. What things have you noticed different since February? I think, you know, the biggest thing is, is it's such a long season. Um, you, know, you kind of get in the dog days of winter in February. There's not a ton of sunshine. It's cold outside. You've been coming to the rink for seven months. Um you know, I think just sometimes things aren't going your way. There were a lot of tight games, a lot of one-goal games that we just were on the wrong side of. Um, I think we just – the message was really just to stick with it and, and to make sure we're having fun. I think Rocky and, and Art do a really good job of lightening up the mood when it's time. You know, it's there's definitely a time for business and, and taking care of business on the ice for sure and away from the rink. But also you got to have fun. Uh, you know, and early in the week, especially after a, a hard-fought weekend – you know, you got to hit the reset button a little bit and, and make sure the guys are having fun and, and having upbeat practices and smiles on the face. And, you know, just because just you lose a couple games, it's not doom and gloom, right? There's You get to live to see tomorrow. So we're very fortunate for what we do. But um, I think it was just kind of more of the dog days of winter, like I yeah. said. You know, it wasn't so much the way we were playing. We weren't getting blown out. You know, every now and then you do have a really tough game. But we were in all those games, and a lot of those games were out shooting our opponent. It's just we couldn't find the back of the net. And, um you know, it's a lot of pressure on your goaltending when you're not scoring much. So it felt bad for those guys there for a bit. But luckily, we bounced out. And if you look around the league, you know, Fargo, Waterloo, Tri-City, those teams that we're competing with for those top spots, uh, you know, they've gone through slumps too. You know, they've gone through some hard times. And, uh, you know, they bounce out of it as well. But, you know, it's just kind of how you manage the highs and the lows of, of the season. It is the up and down. It's like you said, those really were the dog days. That was a tough weekend. Two games in Fargo. You hit Sioux City on the way back because of a rescheduled game. No points on the weekend, but it felt like ever since then, it could have been in one of those situations where things continue to crumble or you find a way to just make things work moving forward. And you guys found a way. So I think that's something that has to be highlighted for fans. But you look back at the season series with Fargo has gone really good work on home ice. Just the first matchup of the season series was a tough one. The force got that one every game since then. It's been so tight with them. It feels like, but you guys won three of the four at the ice box. What were some things that you think stood out from those victories that you can kind of carry into this weekend's games? I think anytime you play a team like Fargo and Waterloo, you got to play fast. You got to be able to play at their pace. Uh, both those teams really like to transition quick. They're coming at you. They like to play offense. Um, Fargo is very disciplined on the D side as well. They don't give up a ton. So when you get those opportunities, you got to try to make the most of them, but you really, you got to play honest hockey against, against a team like Fargo. Um, you know, you try to cheat it and, and play on the offensive side of the puck. They're going to, they're going to make you pay really, really quick and, and really often. Um, but for the most part, I, you know, I like our matchup. I like the way our guys have been developing and growing and, um, you know, especially on the offensive side of the puck, we were having a hard time there for a little bit scoring goals and, and it hasn't so much been a problem as of late. And, uh, you know, we think we could tighten up a little bit defensively going into playoffs here, but at the same time, we, we want the guys to play loose and relax and have fun and, and be creative out there and, you know, use their IQ and, and their talent that they're given. So they had that really solid top line, Max Swanson, Cole Knubel and Brent Link. They split them up a little bit when we last saw them. I'm curious what they'll do to deploy them this weekend. And if they want to try to, you know, have that solid top line, because those three together didn't have a ton of success against you guys. And that's a really high scoring 
unit with a ton of potential. What, what do you think the Stars were doing so well to slow those guys down out there? Was it being a little bit more physical with a couple of guys they had a chance to? Well, I think uh, first and foremost here, Joel, you're a pretty popular guy, and your shows go travel throughout the league pretty pretty heavily. We've heard from other coaches that they're <laughs> listening to your show, so we can't give out too much information. But uh, now, anytime you got guys like that on the ice, you know, of that caliber of talent, you you got it. You got to take away time and space. You know, you be physical when you can. You don't want to take penalties on them, but you got to take time and space away. Be physical. Um, try to limit their puck touches, and that goes on the power play, right? You get those extra skill guys extra time on on the ice with a man advantage even if they don't score they're starting to feel confident they're feeling good they're touching the puck more so you got to limit their offensive time whether it's five on five five on four and, and hopefully no five on three is knock on wood here right but um managing time and space on those guys is, is definitely crucial wouldn't mind seeing the stars get a couple five on three power plays we saw that really help out to begin that third period on saturday against omaha and you know mike we talked about it a little bit after that game Lincoln was down 3-1, to heading into the third. 0-7 on the power play through the first five periods of the weekend. But you knew you guys were going to have the bulk of a power play to open up the period. And then you get the 5-on-3, and then that penalty, obviously, with the power play goal goes away, and you get this, still the 5-on-4, score on both of those. And then the eventual game winner also comes on the power play. What changed between the first five periods and the final period of the weekend to really get things going on the man advantage? Well, I, th- I think uh, w- with the power plays this weekend, we got some power plays early on in the game that we weren't quite sharp for. Um, you know, we didn't love the urgency to start the to start the power plays and early in those games. And in between periods, we had conversations with the guys that, you know, we really need to hone in on some of these power play opportunities. Even if we're not going to score, we got to at least bring the momentum back to the bench for the guys coming out next so we can roll from there. And uh, you know, a team like Omaha, they they were trying to bully us a bit. They were playing physical and they were finishing their checks and they were taking a lot of penalties. And I think it got to the point where our guys were recognizing that if we don't produce on the power play, they're just going to keep kind of taking runs and stuff. So um, I think our power play guys really took it personal. There were some guys bleeding on the bench. And uh, like I said, it was hard fought games and they went out and finally dug their heels in and said enough was enough and took over the game. And it was fun to watch. So. My favorite thing that was fun to watch from that was that emotion that you talked about. Both sides were playing with emotion. Omaha had a little bit more room because they weren't quite officially eliminated from the playoff mix before that game, but they knew the chances were were really thin that they were going to get in, so they could let loose a little bit more, try to play as more free as they wanted, whereas the Stars, you can't do it. You can't have any guys getting suspended right now with four games left in the regular season. I love the way that you guys controlled the emotions of that team. What was something that you, Art, and Rocky, what was stuff you guys were saying to the guys? What was some stuff that guys were saying to each other to play emotional but also not let things get over the edge? Well, I think that's the exact message that we were saying and that sometimes when teams are trying to keep up with you, they, they want to try to slow you down and get you off your game. And then this was a perfect test for, for our guys, um, You know, especially some of those guys that are – Towards the top of the list in point production, you know, you're going to get keyed in on this, this time of year going into playoffs. So for us, it was a, it was a perfect example and a perfect uh, situation for them to start getting used to playing through that and playing through those hard moments and the dirty areas and uh, maybe sometimes with a shadow on you here and there and, and taking that time and space away and how are you going to react, how are you going to bounce back and you know, are you going to back down and uh, pucker up or are you going to go out there and, and dig your heels in and, and fight for the space? So, 
I thought it was so showing that it was Doug Grimes who got that go-ahead goal because it's a guy who he's an emotional leader of this team in so many ways. And you saw him, uh, I think fans enjoyed his gesturing for a little bit lower on the ice. Uh, almost, I was guessing it was in reference to the standings <laughs> when he was looking at Omaha. That was uh, obviously a humorous moment for fans in that game. Obviously fired up the bench. And I, I was talking with him about that afterwards, and he was saying that you know his goal with everything was to fire up his team, was to look to the bench and get those guys going. And you hear that in a lot of different sports, that you can be emotional, you can get excited, but you've got to gear that toward your guys and in a way that isn't almost disrespectful or giving your other team any bulletin board material. Yeah, no, absolutely. We try to keep the focus on us in a lot of situations. And this weekend, uh, it probably was the highest of, highest amount of emotions that I've seen in in a series this year. And again, I think it's because it was the end of the 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 rivalry here down the street with Omaha, and um, they really wanted it, and they were in our building treating it like it was their building. And uh, a couple guys had something to say about that, and I was really proud of the way they answered. So. Good on Dougie and, and those guys. Obviously, we're not big fans of anything after the goals or anything like that. But um, you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta stand up for what's yours. Yeah, absolutely. Nine of ten games won by the Stars against the Lancers, including each of the final eight. And Rocky was saying afterwards, should have been all ten. You know, a good, a good <laughs> chance it was a, a tough loss at Omaha, but just the sign of how strong the Stars were against Omaha. We're chatting Lincoln Stars hockey here on ninety three seven. The ticket, as always, being brought to you by Raising Canes. And we'd love to have you join in on the conversation. Give us a call on the Honda of Lincoln hotline, 402-464-5685. Or text us again, that same number, on the Sarder Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. The Stars right now sitting in third place in the Western Conference standings. The Clark Cup playoffs begin two weeks from yesterday. Now, the Stars, where they currently sit, they would be playing right now, actually, at this time, most likely in a couple of weeks, Mike, if we get to this point. But the goal is to get into that second spot and get that first round by. But the task is to somehow jump Waterloo. So four games remain for both teams. Tri-City's also three points back of Lincoln. So they have a chance, but they need a lot of help. The Stars, one point back of Waterloo for second. You're looking at how things are going right now, and you know, you've got to get some help from Waterloo. But I imagine the message you guys have had from the guys in the locker room, and they see the standings, it's got to be we got to only take control of what we can. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know our message. You know, you, you've been around long enough and you're really tight with the team. And um, it's it's one day at a time. You know, it's it's making sure we have a good practice tomorrow. And, and even before that, make sure we're getting our rest and recovery tonight. We had a great practice today. And then tomorrow we got to get after it. And we've got some video to go over and, and take it one day. But our all, all eyes are on Fargo at this point and making sure we go up there on a mission um, and, and from there, you know, we let the hockey gods take over what they may, that things are out of our control. But as long as we're in, we take control of these next four games and starting with this weekend, I like our odds. I like, I like this group. I like the way we've been playing. I like our mentality, our culture, everything is, is trending well at the right time. So should be an interesting few weeks here. Yeah, it really should here. All these four remaining games are against playoff teams. And we talked about that kind of at the turn of the calendar from March into April and so far, the Stars have done a really nice job in those games. Tri-City coming to wrap up the regular season. That'll be April 21st and 22nd. 21st at the Icebox in the final home game of the regular season. So don't miss out on that. And get your tickets at LincolnStars.com. Our front office was already rolling them up. They've got a lot of prizes. We're going to be tossing in the stands that day. The office nice. overflowing with them. So <laughs> lots for fans to look forward to with that game. But uh, that'll be, again, last home game on April 21st. And then, of course, this weekend first at Fargo. So three of the final four games are on the road, Mike. 
There's a challenge with that. There's a challenge with any trip to Fargo. That's the longest in-conference opponent who the Stars play. So that's a challenge hiking out there. How do you guys prepare for that? You had you had Monday off this week, so that was kind of a way to both reward, I imagine, for the past weekend and also rest a little bit. And then Thursday's the big travel day. And uh, I think the last time when we went out that way, you guys skated that morning first before hitting the road, right? Take me behind that because I think some fans might see something like that and wonder, wait a second, are they going to have sore legs on the bus ride? Or is it more of a good way to, to get the legs going because of how long they're going to be on the bus? Yeah, I, I think, you know, Thursday practice-wise, we treat it like a normal Thursday. It doesn't matter if we were home on Friday or um, all the way in Fargo the next day. We're, we're just practicing our normal time, our normal everything on Thursday. And then um, afterwards, our guys will do their normal recovery and stuff and, and, you know, hit the bikes and the rollers and all that, maybe a little light workout. Um, and then we hit, we'll hit the road, we'll get a bite to eat and we'll hit the road. And I think the mentality is just to get there as early as we can, get comfortable in the hotel the night before. We'll have a nice team meal tonight, that, that Thursday night. And, um, you know, I know it's tough when you look at the schedule and you see three three road games in four days, but sometimes, honestly, that's the best bonding that you can ask for too. Um, I know Rocky really enjoys the trip out to Pittsburgh every year because it's a great way to start the year with, with team bonding. Well, what better way than to push 30 guys on a uh, stinky bus for uh, 16 hours each way? No, but uh, in, in reality, it really is. You, you get to know you guys right away, right off the bat, and they get comfortable with each other, and it's usually some good stories after it too. So I'm looking forward to the trip. It'll be really interesting next year with more of those Eastern Conference opponents in there. It's going to be more traveling. And it, it feels like this year, It's every time there's been a road trip, it's come at a right time. It's been that... We kind of need a weekend where they can just lock in on being with each other. No other distractions. You're on the road playing hockey. And, you know, people talk about that in other sports. And sometimes you play your best hockey on the road or you play your best whatever the sport is on the road because there aren't any other. And it's not you know bad distractions necessarily, but it's just you only can really focus on that because it isn't home. Yeah, no, and you know Art and I joke around about it all the time, but he swears that he always played his best hockey on the road because he, there was nothing to worry about. You know, you were on a business trip, you're with the guys, whether it was schoolwork or or whatnot, things back going home, and you know once you're there, you're just there to play hockey, and you don't have to worry about getting the crowd in it or appeasing the fans or yeah. meeting the needs with uh, the fans and stuff like that. You just go out and play. Uh, you know that being said, we obviously have the best fans and in the league and, yeah. and we're very fortunate and you look at our home ice record and stuff and that that's a great you know great testament to our fans but um sometimes yeah, like you said you just get on the bus go unplug play two hockey games try to get some wins and, and come back and enjoy the trip with the guys so and knowing our great fans we're still going to see a few star sweaters out there <laughs> the last time we were out there <laughs> we in february yeah it's I incredible i saw a few out there and i was so stunned i was like boy that is a heck of a trip for some of these people but who knows maybe they're already on the way for something else maybe it just was an open weekend yeah. or something but love whenever we can see our fans on the road yeah, so absolutely. Uh, who knows what this coming weekend going to talk about uh tanner ludke's work this season feels like we talk about him a lot but the 32 goals scored that's now tied for sixth most in a single season in stars history and I've just been I've been trying to comb through the record books for a lot of these guys recently because we're at the end here. You can kind of project where some of them are gonna are gonna finish. And he's not gonna quite hit Kevin Waugh's total for the single season record, but you know this is more goals than anyone had last season. It's up there for the in the last few years as well. How nice has it been, Mike, to have a guy in that kind of situation? Because it's it has to say something when you have a guy who you know is probably gonna put the puck in the net more often than not most nights over the course of the season. I imagine that's something for you guys as a coaching staff. It's fun to see, and it's also been fun to see his development just from last year into this year. 
Yeah, I think the most impressive thing that for me and watching Tanner's development this year is his lack of complacency. Um, you know, a, a younger guy who is having as much success as he's been having can often get complacent and stop putting in the work and stop shooting extra pucks and um, stop asking the good questions and doing the homework and stuff like that. And he hasn't. He's hungrier than ever right now. So it's it's completely hats off to him. You know, it's nothing that we've done. And, you know, Rocky does a great job mentoring, especially with the forwards and stuff like that. But you got to give the kid a ton of credit for just being hungry every day. And he's, he's, he's dynamite in practice. He pushes his teammates in practice. They push back. They like to push back. They like to push to eat too. So it's uh, always a, f- a friendly, healthy competition in practice. But um, just to see that fire only getting bigger in his belly has, has been the most fun thing to see in him for sure. For me, the storyline was set there from that first game. He had one goal in 24 games last year. Just, you know, kind of jumping in first year of junior hockey. 14 seconds into the season, he's matched that total. And he pretty much has been off and running ever since then. It's been so neat to see. I love watching these guys who, obviously, I didn't see them here last year. It's fun looking at the stats and seeing how almost every guy who was here last year has taken huge step forwards this year. How much of a growth is there to play multiple years of junior hockey, even if it is at the same level, Mike? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and honestly, the biggest thing I've noticed this year is even from the first half of the season to the second half, you can see some guys really come alive in the second half, especially some of the younger guys that are finally getting comfortable out there. And, um, you know, it's, it's a testament to them and their abilities. And then once you stack a couple years on top of each other now, you know, your first year you kind of learn the ins and outs of what the daily habits are like and the, your rituals and, and yeah. kind of find your routine that works for you. And then the second year, you know, you go into that summer, like, okay, get, get your mindset right. And you know what to expect coming into training camp and you can hit the ground running. And I think maybe that, that could have happened with T. Uh, you know, I can't speak too much. I wasn't here last year on, on, on what he did from last year to this year, but uh, you see once guys are comfortable in their daily routines and, and their habits, and it's just kind of automatic. It kind of takes over, and and the time, all the all the time put in over extended periods of time is uh, it takes off for them. So it's fun to watch. I love that goal that he scored Saturday. We've seen so many goals from him this season where he's in the slot, he's inside the left wing circle, maybe right wing if it's a power play, gets it. That's a great wrister, or it's a, a one timer who just gets fed to him and he scores. It, that's been his goal this year. But I loved Saturday's goal because he got to the net. And he, he didn't, I mean, it may have been how he wanted it, but the way the puck came up, it wasn't that usual, you know, laser right off of the stick into the net. It was a little chip shot just over the shoulder. And I thought that was that was a goal scorer's goal that he scored on Saturday, maybe more than any other he scored this season. Were you as impressed with that kind of play? Because for me, that was the one, as it happened, I was like, that is a sign of how he's evolved so much. It's got to be over just over the course of the season. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and he always picks our brain on things that he can improve and work on. And one of the conversations we had this year was to just, you know, you're going to have less time and space as the year goes on and, and work to get that shot off quicker and, and to hide your release. And I think on that goal, it's a perfect example of, we call it no dust, right? He didn't dust the puck off. He got it off right away, but he also hit his release in the fact that he went top right on the far side of the net on a goalie that was charging out at him. Um, and it was, it was perfectly placed. Like you said, it was almost like a chip shot type of a goal. So it was, it was impressive. It was, you know, it was a goal scorer's goal. Like you said, and little time, little space to work with. And he, uh, he got it done. Type of thing where I thought, if you're Kevin Patch, you've got to be so frustrated. You've got to be thinking, what else do I have to do? <laughs> I met him in do. front of the yeah. net. I should be able to make that spot. Just finds a way to get past him. And real quickly, I wanted to touch on it too. And you know, Antonio Fernandez, the two goals 
on Saturday. Four goals in his last five games. He was not last week, the week before's uh, USHL Defenseman of the Week. He's come on offensively here in these last couple of months. He's, he's kind of on another one of those heaters right now. Had one of those in January as well, where it's just the puck finds a stick, but next thing you know, it's in the back of the net. What's impressed you about him? Again, he's another guy that he just puts his head down and goes to work. I think, um, you know, he's he's somewhat of a quiet kid, and we've kind of pushed him to come out of his shell as a leader and to speak up. And, you know, he always leads by his work ethic, which is great. Uh, but sometimes we want him to take charge and be vocal because the guys are watching you and they're going to listen to you too. And so watching him come out of his shell this year as a leader has been has been a lot of fun. Um, and then just getting to shoot the puck, you know, that first power play, we kind of got a little heavy with a few certain guys shooting the puck. We want all five guys shooting the puck. All five guys got to touch it. All five guys got to shoot. Everybody's got to be a threat. And, you know, once they kind of had to respect the the Tanner side and the downhill and the Marcy side and the downhill, well, now Tony's open on the other side. So it was good to see him shooting and getting rewarded for it. So love, love that second goal, just winding up on a slapper. I think yeah. everyone gets a little bit excited seeing a guy do it and then just to, to send that one home. I mean, I thought the roof was going to come off the yeah, icebox yeah, at that electric. one. Yeah, that was really, awesome. really exciting. Well, Mike, thank you for joining us here. Uh, it's been a lot of fun having you on here tonight. And, hey, let's go get four points this weekend. Yeah, Joel, let's do it, man. Look forward to the road trip with you. Awesome. That was Stars assistant coach Mike Zanella joining us. I'm Joel Norman. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have more Daniel Sambuco and Jared Mangan joining us next here on Outside the Box, brought to you by Raising Canes on 93.7 The Ticket.